And you're very welcome along to this week's edition of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 24th of November, 2023. An extremely busy show lined up for you this evening. We're going to be looking ahead to a couple of Munster Championship big games for Tipperary Clubs, Clamel Commercials, of course, taking on Dingle on Sunday, and uh, also Drum and Inch taking on uh, Sarsfields of Cork in the Munster Senior Camogie final on Sunday as well. Shannon Rovers have a, a final tomorrow against Clonmorris in the Intermediate Camogie in Munster. So plenty happening this weekend. We've also a lot of the Tipperary girls in action in the semi-finals down in Australia. We've uh, Tipperary darts player Dylan Slevin making his debut. Uh, we've a load of the tip lads involved with Munster, Ulster and Edinburgh. Really, really busy uh, weekend, of course. And uh, we're going to try preview as much of it as we can over the next 50 minutes or so. But to start tonight's show, I'm delighted to say I'm joined in the studio by Tipperary GA CEO Marta Brennan. We're going to look forward to what's going to be a big day in Thurles on Sunday, uh, December the 3rd. It's going to be a big day. We're going to hear about that. So, uh, Marta, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks very much for having me, Paul. Yeah, great to have you here in uh, our Nina studio as well. Marta, we have a, a big day for Tipperary GA in uh, a couple of weeks' time. The third, Sunday the 3rd of December, uh, we have a Santa fun run dash. Yeah. Uh, you're going to tell us about that. Uh, what can we look forward to here on, on Sunday the 3rd? Um, yeah, Paul, it promises to be a really, really fun day. It's, um, it's a fundraiser in aid of the Tipperary GA underage teams. So what's going to happen is on, um, on, 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 on Sunday the 3rd, we're going to invite everyone to the Dome in Thurles uh, for a 6K uh, fun run. Um, so registration will take place from 10.30 onwards. And if you want to register in advance, you can go on to the Tipperary website and book in. But also concurrently to that, um, Santa will be coming. Um, so there's also if you want to book in for that too on the website your, your kids can come and see Santa from 12 o'clock onwards inside the dome um, but getting back to the fun run um, once everyone's registered then the race will take place at half past 11 it's 6k you can run you can jog you can walk you can dress up and um, everyone will get a Santa hat and they participate and when they come back in then we're going to have uh, um, refreshments inside the dome tea, coffee, buns, cakes um, where there'll be spot prizes then for all participants so once you register and you get your race number and you participate, you remember the chance then to win a, a variety of great gifts. Um, hotel breaks from, to the Abbey Court, Nina, Castle Tri Park Hotel, Photo Island Hotel, Radisson Blue Hotel, Limerick. Also, there'll be a, an option to win a tablet from, uh, from Paul Collins' Dietech IT services. Also, the clubs, the GA clubs in the county that register most participants are remember an option of winning a spinning bike. And the team with the second highest number um, a set of jerseys or whatever one they want to choose whichever one comes first there's also um, vouchers available from Elvery's Ashley's Salon Turles, um a lot of businesses in Turles, Hickey's Nina Tesco Oreen's Moran's Menwear and a voucher again from Dietech IT Services so it's going to be a great event there's going to be uh, Christmas carols in the dome and um, all the county teams will be there our senior hurlers footballers under 20s and minors there to support it so if you want to come and meet your heroes Sing some Christmas carols, enjoy a nice light uh, 6k jog run and win some great prizes. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great day. Yeah, that, that sounds, <clears throat> it sounds like it all right. Yeah, let's look forward to there. But um, you mentioned the, the county players being there as well. That's going to be great for everyone to, I suppose, meet these lads because I don't often get to, to see the lads. And just before the, a new season starts, it's a, it's a good time to get to see everyone. It is. Um, it's great for the for, for, for the kids to come and meet their heroes um, uh, at all ages. But also it's great for the county players to uh, interact with the supporters. 
Um, I suppose we're all one big team in in Tipperary, and 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 come January the the competitions will be starting again. So this will be the last time, I suppose, before they they commence their their training that they can have a bit of fun with the with the supporters and um, interact with some pictures and autographs. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the money being raised by by this is is going towards the the running of the underage teams for the the year coming up. That's right. Yeah, it's in aid of all our underage or development panels, our minor and under twenties. As you're aware, there's a great cost involved in, in, in putting our teams in the pitch um, from logistical, medical uh, or otherwise. So it's important that we do this, that, um, that, that, that we fundraise and, and, and generate this money that will go, to go towards very worthy causes. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 will be, it will be a great opportunity for people to come and, uh, and support Tipperary GA. Yeah, and it's Sunday, December the third. You mentioned is it a ten o'clock registration in? Um, well, we'll be open from ten o'clock. Registration will start from then if you want. Um, it's it's down on our on our poster from ten thirty onwards, but we will be there from ten o'clock, um, to register. So if everyone comes, the the the, the chlorine lay will be. You'll come. You'll register. You can do a warm up. Get a Santi hat. There'll be um, you guys will be there as well. Tip FM. So they'll mm-hmm. be we're looking forward to seeing you there too. Um, and once the race starts, then um. Once the race starts, then we'll we, we, the, the 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 Santa will actually arrive at twelve o'clock. So while the runners are out running, our parents can bring their kids in to visit Santi inside the dome, inside the grotto, so they can give Santi the list. Um, and um, yeah, when they come back in, then we'll have our our prize giving. There'll be cash prizes for those who finish first, second, and third in male and female categories. Um, there'll be interviews with players, and also then there'll be the draw for um, spot prizes for all participants. Um, with those. A great variety of gifts that we named out and I suppose while I'm here Paul I'd like to pay thanks to all those who supported this mm. um, all those hotels that sponsored us also all those vouchers from the businesses in Turles the Horse and Jockey for providing catering Morgan Catering the Anor Hotel Burris Lee Bottling Water Robert Healy AV and IT Solutions for providing IT in the day Joe Sullivan Minibus is going to be driving around to make sure all our race scores are, are, are getting through the route safely and the Order of Malta, Garda Síochána, and finally, and most importantly, Turles Fresh Milk for sponsoring this this great event. Yeah, because I, as you mentioned there, that the cost of running teams and underage teams is is probably only gone up in the last number of years. And I'd, I'd imagine this is your your just after a first year doing this uh, role as the CEO, you that's probably come to light in terms of the, mm. the cost of everything um, and that oh, this would be a big help towards, I suppose, running things. It will, it will. I suppose, firstly, most importantly, we always want the best for our temporary hurlers um, to give them, and footballers, and give them the best opportunities. And and with that, then, you have to have good medical care, you have to have physios, you have to have um, good strength and conditions staff, <clears throat> you have to have feeding, you have to have buses. There's a huge logistical train surrounding all our teams at the moment. Uh, to ensure our our future stars get the best training um, and support service they need to meet to, to meet their potential, um, so that's why we're doing it this time of the year to um, I suppose raise those funds and have them ready when the season starts in earnest. Yeah, and you mentioned before how like you kind of have a, a commitment to having the underage structures in Tipperary as best as it can be, and kind of in a good place at the minute this year so far. We've had the, the Cashel and Thurlis compete in the Harty Cup final. We've four to five teams through to the Harty Cup knockout stages this year and Nina CBS won the Dean Ryan. So I suppose underage in Tipperary is probably in a, in a good place at the minute in terms of player-wise, so it's important to have the best structures in place for, for these players coming through. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, to give great credit to the clubs, firstly, and the schools for, for the work they're doing in relation to the players, but also our own uh, games development staff, Kevin Halley and his staff, um, in working with the schools, um, project, I suppose, um, putting together the strategic plan 
going forward to ensure that every player's pathway is carefully mapped out from early age, under 14, all the way up along and beyond that. But again, there is great work in the schools, the primary schools, the secondary schools, and also in the clubs with the standard of coaching, standard of facilities. And it's great to see as a result of that, now we're getting great players coming forward. And um, yeah, there ha- it has been a successful year with the Arabon and the Tony Forrestal and and, you know, these are indications. They're not things we, we, we pause to celebrate too much. They're indications that everything has been done correctly in Tipperary at the moment. And it's only right that we have good structures in place to ensure that we keep these players kicking football for Tipperary and hurling for Tipperary all the way right through. Um, also, our, our partnership with Satanta is very beneficial in this regard. Um, it ensures from a very early age, players are getting access to information regarding recovery, regarding nutrition, regarding preparation. Um, what this does is these players can bring these skill sets back to their clubs and enhance their own teams, enhance their school teams, as well as temporary teams. Mm. So we're very happy with our partnership with Satanta in that regard. Um, and it's paying dividends and we want to continue it and, and enhance it into the future. Yeah, so um, I suppose this time last year you would have taken on the role now as, as CEO just to, to turn to yourself for a couple of moments. Um, you're pretty much a year into the role now. You officially started on the 1st of January, I believe. But um, how has this kind of first uh, 10, 11 months been the, the CEO of Tip GA? Probably a, a big learning year, I'd imagine, for you. It is. Yeah, it, it, learning is the right word. Um, the job encompasses so much, uh, as I said at the very start. Um, there are many lines of operations in Tipperary. There's the, you have your club game, you have your schools games, you have your inter-county game. <clears throat> then there's facilities, there's finance. There's an awful lot to take in, an awful lot to learn. So what I've been doing as much as possible in my first year is watching, listening and learning. Um, there's no point in being rushed into too many decisions when you're not completely uh, familiar with the very, very inner workings of Tipperary GA. So I'm getting to that point now um, where we know where the lie of the land, uh, we know where everything is. And um, it's about now, I suppose, working on the strategic plan in conjunction with the, the, the officers and the executive to project the, the plan going forward into the future. Uh, but it has been a learning curve. It's completely different to what I suppose I'm used to in my previous life. But there are similarities too. Um, it's a very exciting role, but it's a role in which I'm really, really proud to do, Paul, to be honest. Mm. It's, it's, it's the culmination of many years involved in the GEA. Um, it's very exciting and I'm looking forward to the next 12 months. Yeah, and um, in terms of the, the county in general, um, fi- financially, how are we? Are we in a good place, bad place, somewhere in between in terms of, um, because as we've mentioned before, there's a, an awful lot of expenses when you look at all the county teams and all the running of it. There's a lot of outgoings, but in terms yeah. of incomings, like how, how are we generally looking down on the whole uh, thing? You'll, it, it, look, you, that'll be all discussed at the, con- at the convention. They'll be, they'll be published um, on the 9th of uh, December. Mm. But there are huge challenges. There are massive challenges, um, not just in Tipperary GA, but in other counties. Um, the cost of, of preparing all our teams is, is rising. Um, but I suppose the cost of everything is rising. The cost of medical uh, profession, uh, the professional support, all those logistical supports, hotels, feeding, the costs are all going up. <clears throat> so I suppose meeting those costs, that's a challenge that's, that, that, that we have to meet and face. Um, but yeah, there is, it, it is becoming, it is becoming uh, more expensive year on year. So we just have to be more careful with our, with our budget, careful with how we, how we spend and um, ensure with every single deal we do, we, it's for the betterment of Tipperary GAA. Yeah, yeah, and there's... <laughs> It, as we've mentioned, it, it is a lot, but I suppose this is an opportunity maybe for, for people to, to give a helping hand, I suppose, in, in this f- uh, fundraiser on, on Sunday, the, the 3rd of December. But um, 
for people listening who maybe aren't too interested in running 6k or <laughs> anything like that there's still plenty on the day uh, uh come sunday the third ah, there is there is look it's um we're looking for everyone to support us but we're not just going to ask you to turn up and support we're going to offer a great a great package um it's a 6k and you can w- run it you can walk it um any which way you like mm. and the main thing here is enjoyment um that you get here and you meet all the tipperary miners 20 seniors uh, we get inside afterwards, there's Christmas carols, there's plenty of refreshments. Santa will be operating at the far side of the dome and then there'll be wonderful prizes given away. So it's a, you know, we've put a lot into it and, and again, to reiterate my thanks to uh, the businesses in, in Tipperary who've supported this, mm. uh, Thurless Fresh Milk for, for, for sponsoring it. And um, if you want to book in, just go on the Tipperary website. We've sent out the link to all the clubs to book in and we really look forward to seeing you on the day. It promises to be a really, really fun day. So that is uh, Sunday the 3rd of December. So Sunday week uh, in, down in the Dome in Sample Stadium. So uh, Murta Brennan, Tipperary GSEO, thanks a million for calling in to us. Thanks for having me, Paul. We're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back talking football after these. And you're very welcome back to Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 24th of November, 2023. Now we're going to look ahead to Clamell Commercials versus Dingle on Sunday at 1.30pm in Semple Stadium. This is the Munster Senior Football Semi-Final. It will be live here on Tip FM, thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clamell. Myself and Anthony Shelley will be on duty uh, for this game on Sunday. And I'm delighted to say Anthony joins me on the line now. Anthony, you're welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Anthony, this is a, a big one now on Sunday at half past one um, in Semple Stadium. Commercials up against Dingle. Uh, by all accounts, this is probably going to be a different game in terms of the style of play than what we saw maybe against Newcastle West. Yeah, um, looking forward to the um, White, two really good football insides. Um, uh, both like to play on, on on the front foot, so it won't be you won't be faced. Looking at what we were looking at against Newcastle West, when commercials were faced with a with a blanket defence, and then for some reason put up a blanket defence in the first half themselves. Like I think this would be a far more open ge- game of football. And if you know, if if commercials can take any lesson from the Newcastle West West game was that when they went defensive in the first half, um, you know, Newcastle West were the better team and they found it hard to get out. But uh, when they pushed up a bit in the second half. Um, you know, commercial. We've seen commercials. What they can do and how devastating they 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 can be. So, I'd say you will see two teams trying to play football the way it should be played on the front foot, and uh, a lot of the ball move through, move with the foot rather than than the hand. Like, you've heard people making the comparison possibly to it's going to be an open game like the Nemo game last year and how commercials played in that game, and that's probably too easy even a comparison to make, but. That sort of game play does suit Clamell more than maybe a Newcastle West. You, you'd think on the on the face of things, anyway. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, um, have I've looked a little bit, little bit of Dingle, and I'm sure, look, I'm fairly familiar with with commercials at this stage. So, um, yeah, both both teams they, they do like to to play play an open brand of football. You know, um, Dingle when. Dingle defend from the front, so they put an awful lot of pressure on 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 the forwards and try. Uh, their forwards put an awful lot of pressure on the backs, I should say, and they they try to turn you over half, you know, very high up the field, and then try to exploit exploit the space in behind. 
because when you're coming forward is obviously you're leaving a bit of space in behind so they don't rush back to defend the numbers they they defend you know from number 15 that's where the defending starts for 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 them and um you know that that lead, that that leads to you know from our point of view going to watch it at least for a, a far more exciting game than trying to see watch a game of chess like we were, we were watching for the first half particularly the last yeah well we can both look forward to to that anyway it might be an easier well, game to, so. to yeah, commentate no, you, know, you know I like think it'll hit hard as well like they're you know they they, they um, they've had a few sending off this year including against. Mick Kerry in the in the club championship semi final, yeah, uh, and that kind of really decided the game in, in Mick Kerry in Mick Kerry's favour. So the referee will have will have his work cut out, um, because uh, commercials are not shrinking violets themselves. So then, you know, there should be a lot of hard hard hitting in the in this game. The referee, Paul, I'm not sure if you if you copped it. He's a ref that uh he refereed to Tipperary and Longford this year oh, in no. the in the National League. And if you can re- if you can remember near the end of that game there was a few hairy decisions given against him but um it's probably just the way he's seen it on the day. Um there was one one in particular on Kevin Fahey if you can remember. Oh, I remember it yeah. you know, it would have it would have been the winning of the game for Tip that day, you know. Yeah but and you know, he's, he's he's a cork man. We might have to take the forty fives no a bit quicker as well. Either, I'm sure. Yeah, and we might have to take the forty fives a bit quicker as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, have your gum shields in the knee, black hard somebody for having their. Oh, their you're you're bringing you're bringing up bad memories now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the year gone by. But um, looking at at this Dingle team, they've they as you mentioned there, they lost the the Kerry Club Senior Championship semi final to to mid Kerry but they actually won the Kerry club championship final so in Kerry the senior championship consists of I think eight club teams and eight divisional teams but before all that at the start of the year there's a, a club championship just with the eight senior club teams and uh, Dingle won that uh, going back a, a nice few months now but the fact that they were able to get to a semi-final of the the county championship with the divisional teams in it as well and like we we know the names Paul Paul Gini and um, uh, Tom O'Sullivan who won an All Star there last week. So there's a lot of class and uh, a step up in terms of talent that uh, commercials are going to be facing that they ha- wouldn't have faced this year or even the last couple of years. They have, yeah, they won the as you said, they won the the club championship, which is just a championship with the eight with the eight with the eight senior clubs in it, and and they won that. I think they beat Kenmare Shamrocks in the final of that, and. With East Kerry so strong these days that if you win that championship, there is a strong possibility that you're going to be the Kerry representative in the in the Munster Club Championship because obviously the divisional sides can't play play in that. So um, yeah, they had a good run through that and right, came unstuck against East Kerry, but they did have a man. They were in that game up until the 45 minute. They did have a man sent off, right, and. What you might might have noticed, Paul, it was their their tenth game in eleven weeks. So there was obviously a bit of tiredness and fatigue in that game as well. And particularly when they went down to fourteen men, they looked at hard sides. So they've had they've had a few weeks now to to recover from that. And uh, as you said, they played the West Final against Enniskall there last Monday night. They rested rested Thomas Sullivan and, and Paul Ganey, but that will have knocked the cobweb cobwebs off them. So. Yeah, they, 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 should, they should be set to go. They're good players everywhere, Paul. If I was Tommy Morrissey in the Clamell dressing room, I would be saying, if you see a game, you just pick him up. 
because they're the guys, there's, there's five of them on the team, I think they're all related somewhere. Uh, Paul, obviously, being the man that makes it all tick, but his first cousins, Connor and Dylan, are two really, really good players as well. I think Dylan was on the Kerry panel this year as well. And um, in, in, in the club final, where the, where the beat came there, it was, I think they got 110 in that game or something like that. But it was a game, all, all the scoring was done by the Gainies. So as I said, the instructions should be if you see a Gainie, man, mark them. Yeah. yeah. And like a man who's been doing kind of a, a bit of the man marking for commercials in some of the games this year is when Seamus Kendi is. Would you be putting him on Paul Gainey or, or how would you see who who do you think would match up? It's a great conundrum because um, I see commercial, I see Seamus as the best position as being centre back and I think when he moves up the field he really gives him that extra drive. Mm. But um, you also have to be careful uh, that like you can't leave a, a, a man like uh, commercials of a very young backline. So a man with the, the talent and experience of, of a Paul Gainey who who everything goes through. Um, you can't be stupid and, uh, and try to entrust the man-marking of him to to a, a 19 or 20-year-old. So probably for a start, I'd say they will probably start for Seamus Kennedy on Paul Gainey at fullback. So Seamus at fullback, yeah. Yeah, and just talk to me a bit about Tom O'Sullivan. I mentioned he won uh, his second All-Star there last week. Um with Kerry, like what kind of a, a player is he going to be against commercials here on Sunday? He, he, he's just a class actor. You know, you've seen him against uh, all year, but particularly down in um, <clears throat> in Killarney today against Tip. Now I know Kerry had loaded the ball, but he was he was man of the match. He's just he's a class act going forward. It'll be interesting to see what they actually do with him because um, you, you know, we'll do. If they line out the way the way we'd expect them to line out, he'd be on Michael Michael Quinlevin. And like I'm not sure that Dingle will want Tom O'Sullivan on 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 Michael Quinlevin. Um they'll want Tom, you know, bombing forward and, and creating stuff rather than having his day facing the other way, like if Michael Quinlevin um gets on the ball, like Tom Tom will be chasing him. Tom has a nasty habit when he's turned a uh, uh, fouling and pushing in the back and giving away a silly freeze. So, I wouldn't expect um, Tom. <clears throat> I would. I would expect that maybe commercials will will put Ross Peters on on um, on Tom O'Sullivan and uh, that's Tom Leo O'Sullivan. Another. <laughs> they're they're nearly all related. So there's Tom O'Sullivan and Tom Leo O'Sullivan, and I'd expect Tom Leo O'Sullivan to to be doing a man American job on Michael Quinlevin because. Um, last year against against these Kerry when when they played he he are he's marked he's they've put him on David Clifford so I would imagine that's the way they go Tom Leo Sullivan on um on Michael Quinlan and Ross Peters on Tom Sullivan yeah the matchups are going to be really important they're be, and they're going to be huge Paul they're yeah. going to be huge you know both teams will be looking at five or six players that 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 they'll that they'll have to match up and I think it will come down to the team that gets it gets it right yeah we'll, and we'll, we'll the likes Shawnee O'Connor inside as well like if if it's a kind of game where maybe Dingle have a bit more possession and there's a bit of space up there like we saw with the, the bit of space he can get uh, what he was able to do against against Newcastle West and the likes of Peter McGarry has really come on this year as well and pace and speed and so commercials do have a lot there that they can put up a threat here because the commercials are coming into this game 
as um, underdogs, which is probably the first game they've gone in as underdogs in over a year, probably at this stage. So it's probably a nice place for them to be, but they know that they have an, a, a lot of danger in the commercials forward line as well. Yeah, I wouldn't see them as underdogs. No, I wouldn't see them as favourites either. I see them very much 50-50. It's a, if, if I'm just going bookmakers' odds. They have yeah, Dingo as slight favourites, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just Kerry playing tip in football. It's always going to, it's, it's nearly always going to be that way. But um, you know, I I see it as very fifty, very fifty-fifty game. Yeah, because I was going to ask like your 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 overall feeling because it's it probably is a good opportunity because the winner of this is going to be playing the winner of Castlehaven and the Watford champions Rat Gormock. So there's no team in in this that has you know dominated Munster the last couple of years similar to like on the hurling side of the things if you're if Kildangan were to get through they'd face a very difficult task in Ballygunner whereas this is a much more kind of open championship so whoever is to win this it's a, it's a great opportunity it's a, it's a great opportunity and even at the other side with Rick Ormick, who are being coached by Declan Brown like it's a great opportunity for them as well if they can get to if they can come over Castlehaven now that'll be a big ask but um you know, you would imagine that this this is the this is the drummer semi final in uh, in England commercials, and whoever wins this would probably be favourites to win the to win the Munster final. Yeah, so it's all to play for half past one uh, on Sunday in Semple Stadium. Myself and Anthony will be calling the game uh, for Tip FM, and our coverage is with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. Uh, so Anthony Shelley, we'll see. We'll talk to you on Sunday, and uh, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And Anthony Shelley there giving us his thoughts ahead of Sunday's game. A reminder, it is live here on Tip FM at 1.30pm on Sunday with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. Just before we take our ad break, uh, just some news uh, filtering through during the afternoon regarding the Tipperary Senior Hurling Team. Uh, the squad will not be announced until late January. So uh, last year, around this time last year, we got a, an update on what the squad was going to be for the upcoming league campaign. Uh, but this year, that's not going to happen. It's going to happen in late January. So uh, Liam Cattle and co are going to have another bit of time to uh, look ahead to their panel and uh, discuss who they're going to have for the league so uh, more information on that is on the Tip FM website if you want to find out more on that but we're going to take another ad break now and we're going to be looking ahead to a big weekend of camogie and greyhound racing after these and you're welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on the 24th of November 2023. On this Friday evening, we're going to be looking ahead now to the uh, Drum and Inch senior camogie team. They're back into a Munster final. I believe this is the fifth year in a row. They're looking for back-to-back Munster championship titles and they're going up against Sarsfields of Cork. This game is taking place in the Dylan Quirk GA grounds on Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. And uh, we wish them all the very best of luck. And now to look ahead to that game, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Drummond Inch manager Matthew McGrath. Matthew, you're welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Paul. First of all, Matthew, congratulations, I suppose, are in order. You came through a very, very difficult semi-final um, uh, last weekend against De La Salle after extra time down in the rag in what was very difficult conditions. But again, it's another game that this Drummond Inch team is able to just get over the line towards the end of the game. There's something about this team where... There's a lot of res- resiliency in that panel of players. Absolutely. Um, it was probably a case of deja vu. We had similar last year. We had to go away to De La Salle and went to extra time. And it was more the same this year. Um, look, ideally, I think I would have liked to have won the game in uh, regulation time. But uh, to be fair to De La Salle, they kept battling. And it was kind of a game of two halves with the breeze. But look, I think, like you said, we had to show unbelievable determination, resiliency and 
well, all the experience that this group have gained over the last five years or that, um, and all that came into play into into extra time. And I suppose you know the players that we have, they just kind of believe in themselves, believe in the team, and we trusted that we would find a way in the end of getting the result and duly done that. Yeah, and that 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 isn't something that just happens on the day. I think that's kind of probably built up over the last five, six, seven or eight years when they first broke through and won a first county title what's five years ago now there's been a lot of those games down through the years and um, even this year back to the county final and then the game against De La Salle and uh, other games throughout the year even against Thurles in the semi-final this is a a theme, a theme of this squad of players that um, it's almost like a never say die but it's never out of the game kind of uh, mentality No and look we've been successful in Tipperary, Tipperary over the last five years but this group have, were knocking on the door for a few years before that and they had to experience the loads of losing and um, consecutively losing and then when, it, when the breakthrough happened you know over the next five years we have experienced some unbelievable wins but we've had tough defeats as well along the way and we lost you know a close monster final a couple of years ago and all our semi-finals and We've had to win uh, coming from behind and we've had to win holding on and we've had to win an extra time. So all those experiences over the last five years and I suppose coupled with the fact of having you know a, a very um, strong mix of, of players, young players and older players, has all contributed to having a team that just seemed to, to know what to do in the crucial moments of games. Yeah, and... One one of those crucial moments uh, against Delisal was was obviously the goal in the second period of of extra time. Um, Emer McGrath with with the all important goal. Uh, Emer is someone that has kind of, I believe moved position, moved further up the field. Um, this year, just talk to me a bit about that and how important she's been throughout the year. Yeah, she's been terrific in the Tipperary Championship. You know, she's she's really has a real keen eye for goal, and we've um. You know, we've trusted her to to stay on the inside line this year, and you know it's not a position that um, sometimes you're not not in the game for long periods, and you mightn't be get the mightn't be getting the quality supply of ball. But um, you know we feel if Emer gets enough chances, and it was the same on last Sunday, she probably wasn't lucky in the first half, maybe not to get a goal or two. But you know near the end of the game, when that big moment came. Um, and she was one on one with, you know, a very, very good goalkeeper in Brianna O'Regan. You know, she she didn't hesitate and she really coolly slotted into the back of the net with about two or three to the sad players uh behind her. But the team, you know, in fairness around her and even herself included included, have really bought into that really hard working mentality and it's the work being done out the field to, to try and get the supply of ball inside is has been the real difference and um we've really highlighted that that, you know, it's the I suppose the work that maybe doesn't get the credit, the blocks, the hoops and the turnovers and especially in that last ten minutes of the game against De La Salle, we were against the breeze for ten minutes and the game was a draw and we really, really had to put the shoulder to the wheel and we knew if we get the chance up front, a girl of Emer's quality would, would finish it. Yeah, and, and uh, it was such a key moment in the game. But um 
I'd imagine preparing for that game, of course, you're you're going you're going to be honing in on the likes of of Beth Carden, who was just after winning the the Player of the Year award, and the likes of Abby Flynn and things like that. But um, this Sarsfields team from Cork, who you're playing on Sunday, um, maybe a different prospect in terms of I'm not sure if they have a name like Beth Carden, let's say, but they've beaten Newcastle West by a point in in last week's semi final, so they've gotten to this stage through a difficult Cork Championship. Is there much uh, you've been able to see from this Sarsfields team? Do you, do you know what we're coming up against here on on Sunday afternoon? Well, look, the, when the result was secured against LSL, the attention very much turned on who was next coming down the line. And, um, you know, this Arsenal's team has been knocking on the door in Cork and had to, to beat Shandoon in their, their championship and had to go away to um, Clonlara and Clare and then uh, Newcastle. So they've been on a very, very impressive run themselves. Probably look like you said yourself. They they don't have the the best cartons, that kind of name. But they've um, some very very young players. You know the likes of um, Claire Mullins and Holly Herley. Uh, both those players contributed very 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 well in the attack. And um, they're a team that have been coming um, in Cork for the last couple of years. And with any team that comes out of Cork and gets to a Munster Championship, they're always going to you know have that confidence that they'll 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 win it. Yeah and. Like something that's maybe new for for well for both teams coming in uh, to this Sunday is the quick turnaround. You probably had a, a nice break between the county final and the De La Salle game, but now it's just a, a short seven day turnaround uh, between the De La Salle game and this coming Sunday. How do you kind of manage this week in terms of um, getting the getting the players ready and getting their bodies ready to to go again on Sunday? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a quick turnaround, but it's the same for both teams, I suppose, and. You know, we've came coming off the back of a of a win in extra time. Like the buzz around the place, the buzz around the team is you know unbelievable at the moment. And you're kind of you know having a game coming so quick is might be no harm for us. Um, you know, this week will be very much about rest and recovery. And we're lucky after the the, the last game that we have no injuries going into this game. Just just tired bodies and that. But, you know, it'll be very much focused on rest and recovery, but I think the momentum coming from, from last weekend into this weekend will, will stand to us. Yeah, and like finally, another thing that maybe will go in your favour now is this game was originally fixed to be going ahead in Ennis in Father McNamara Park. It's since been changed to uh, Clonalty, so just over the road, really, for much of the, the drum population there. So that that's a, a, a big advantage, I suppose, having it so close, and I'd imagine there's going to be a big drum turnout here on Sunday. Yeah, it's it's definitely an opportunity that has fell in our favour, no doubt about it. Um, from a logistical point of view, getting to Clonalty Sunday is obviously a lot easier than having to go to Mallow or go to Ennis. But I suppose it'll ultimately it will come down to what we do on the field on Sunday. And you know, um, it's about us when we cross the white line, we have to go and perform. And hopefully, you know, and I am sure we had a great crowd uh, getting behind us last Sunday and we needed them behind us especially in extra time in those last 10 minutes so um, to have the crowd you know behind us again next Sunday I think is going to be something that we'll relish and something the players will relish as well Yeah well we wish you the very best of luck and uh, we really look forward to this game on Sunday uh, in Clonality Matthew McGrath from Drummond Inch thanks for joining us on Across the Line Thanks Paul
That was Drummond Inch manager Matthew McGrath there looking ahead to their final on Sunday. We're going to continue our look ahead to that game and the Shannon Rovers. They're in the Munster Intermediate uh, Camogie final. We're going to look ahead to both of those games. Joined on the line now by Tipperary Camogie PRO Geraldine Canan. Geraldine, you're welcome back to the show. Thanks, Paul. So this is it now, Geraldine, back into a, a Munster senior final for your, your own Drummond Inch. Um, coming in off the win against De La Salle last weekend, what's your kind of thoughts going in here on Sunday? Would you be confident coming up against this Sarsfields team or how do you see this game going? Well, I suppose looking back at the De La Salle game, I suppose once again, Drum survived the test and stood up and, you know, the show is super character that day again, um, I suppose, like it has been a couple of times this year, their backs were to the wall there in the second half and, and you know, they, they fought to to hold on to uh, their Munster title again, you know, and they ended up going to extra time. And, you know, Ian McGrath um, got a super goal in extra time, um, which was, I suppose, the difference on the day. So, look, it was a huge test. They were expecting a huge test. They got a huge test and they got through with it. And, you know, there was huge positives to take from it. Um, and, and then there were things to work on as well. So, look, they'd be in good form going into going into the Sarsfields game. They've got, they've got a great game behind them. Um, I suppose they don't know too much about Sarsfields. We played them four years ago. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a different Sarsfields team. That was probably the end of one team and the start of a new team for Sarsfields. It's a young team. Um, a lot of girls, county minors. Um, I know they've won three failures in, in the past. And a lot, of, a lot of players represented Cork at minor and under-16 level and won All-Ireland. And it's kind of, that's the team that's there now. And they have a very good goalie as well. Molly Lynch is the All-Ireland Puck Father champion, I think, for two years in a row. So expect a big puck out there from her. Um, so look, I suppose... Drum would be probably favourites being being Munster champions, fifth Munster title in a row, have that experience, but it's a young, lively, um, up and coming Sarsfields team and they'll have to be very wary of that. Yeah, no, really looking forward to this game and of course it's a big advantage now that it's going to be taking place in Clonalty rather than uh, Father McNamara Park in Ennis. Uh, any information on that kind of change because it was originally fixed for Ennis and then it was changed to, to Clonalty? Yeah, I suppose, uh, I, you know, Munster Camogie obviously had their work cut out trying to get pitches. There's three Munster finals this weekend between junior, senior and intermediate. And, um, you know, the Clare venue was deemed as a neutral venue. Um, but I, I, I've heard that Cork weren't happy with having to go all of its Clare and were willing to come to Tipperary, um, you know, somewhere around South Tip, I suppose, would be halfway from Drum and, and Glamire. But, um, you know, the, the Clonty was made available and, and fair play to all in Clonty, GA and, and Camogie. Um, for allowing the bunch playing happen in their pitch, um, a lot, of, a lot of clubs, and you couldn't blame a lot of clubs, um, have their pitch closed. So it's great to get into Clonty, and I think again that's a huge boost, uh, to Drum, uh, to their supporters, travelling supporters. Uh, it's a pitch they'll be familiar with. Um, definitely, you know, everyone in 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 Drum and Inch was definitely happy to hear of it being on in Clonty. So all that I think was sent to Drum. Yeah, and another thing is uh, you mentioned Glanmire. Of course, that's the area Sarsfield's uh, Camogie Club is in. But I believe Glanmire have a uh, All Ireland football quarter final, and it's in London on Saturday, I believe. So they might be without uh, two or three players, from what I read. Yeah, so that's that's happening tomorrow. Yeah, in London. Um, now I, I believe there's three players that play the football, and they will be travelling to London. But you know they will be back to play the camogie as well. But obviously, wow, that's you know, a mad, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's so they have a day. I suppose the camogie Sunday they're playing Saturday. But um, I suppose it is it is an ideal situation for them. But by the looks of it, just looking up their own social media, they seem to be going week in week out with the with the ladies football and with the camogie, and they seem to be on a roll. I suppose, and, and that could stand to them. Then they're used to winning, used to you know, I suppose matches week in week out. But I suppose London away wouldn't be the the ideal scenario. Um, you know, the night the day before a, a, a monster final. So look, all these little things are 
you know, they're probably pointing in Drum's favour, really. Yeah, and hopefully they can uh, get over the line and back into an All-Ireland series. Uh, just quickly, Geraldine, on Saturday at 1 o'clock, Shannon Rovers uh, have their first venture into Munster here. They're the Tipperary Intermediate Champions. They take on Kerry's Clon Morris. This game is in Father McNamara Park in, in Ennis at uh, 1 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, just your thoughts on this one. Do you know much about this uh, Clon Morris team or how uh, Shannon Rovers' preparations have gone coming into this game? Yeah, I suppose it's an unusual situation. Clan Morris are the only uh, intermediate camogie team in Kerry, so they've had no championship. Um, they played a Munster semi-final against Black Rock of Cork last weekend, and I think that was their first competitive game in over a year. Um, but they are a good team. They're kind of the bulk of the Kerry camogie team. Uh, they've, they've been in a couple of junior All-Irelands down through the years, and, and I think they won one or two All-Irelands, I suppose. They're, they're up intermediate now, and... Um, competing in intermediate and you know have won their first game I suppose Patrice Diggin is the name that stands out for me she scored nine out of their ten points last weekend um, she's a you know one of Kerry's best camogie players she's a lot of the players uh, inter-county players would know her from uh, UL I think she's a couple of Ashburns won with UL captain UL to an Ashburn I believe so she's a top class camogie player she's so, someone that uh, Shannon Rovers will have to be very wary of uh, I think she she started midfield there last weekend but look I, I'm looking forward to see how Shannon Rovers get on because I think it's a big game for them to use on representing the county but I think they'll have the shackles off tomorrow and there was so much pressure I suppose this year to try and win a county final they were favourites they'd lost three in a row so I think we'll see the best of Shannon Rovers tomorrow you know they're in bonus territory now the county final is the one that they wanted obviously they're going to go all out and try and win a Munster title but you know I think it's definitely bonus territory for them but they're good enough they have plenty of good players like the Lauren and Lily McKenna are flying it there in the forwards Lane Guyman very good in midfield there and Julie Brennan excellent on the slattery there in defence so look they have a good team very good spine of a team and I'm sure the whole parish is going to get behind them and, and travel in, in great numbers to, to Ennis tomorrow we wish them the very best of luck Yeah I can't wait for that one as well we wish uh, Shannon Rovers the very best luck and what an opportunity it is for them as well to get into the All-Ireland series but Geraldine Canan, uh, thanks for joining us here and Across the Line Thanks Paul Geraldine Canan there giving her thoughts on those two massive Munster uh, Camogie finals this weekend involving Tipperary teams and we wish them all the very best of luck. As I said earlier in the show, there's plenty of uh, Tipperary sports people in action this weekend, of course, with uh, in Munster, Dermot Barron captaining Munster tomorrow against Leinster. Brian Gleeson is on the bench there as well. Uh, ben Healy starts for Edinburgh tonight in the URC and Jake Flannery is on the bench uh, for Ulster tomorrow against Glasgow in the URC. Meanwhile, down in Australia this evening, well, tonight in the early hours or oh, well it's actually tomorrow morning at uh, it's a quarter to nine tomorrow morning around then uh, it is uh, Orlo Dwyer's Brisbane Lions against Ashley Maloney and Anna Rose's Kendi's Geelong Cats down in Australia the women's AFLW that's down to the last four so pretty much semi-final stage there Anna Rose Kendi making her debut uh, for the Geelong Cats down there uh, in the semi-final stage so big night uh, for her and then on Sunday the early hours of Sunday morning four o'clock Sunday morning and Neve Martin her North Melbourne Kangaroos are in the other semi-final against the Adelaide Crows so we, we're guaranteed to have some Tipperary involvement in this year's AFLW Grand Final so wish them all the very best of luck plenty of local soccer happening this weekend as well we won't have time to get through all the fixtures but plenty of games happening uh, both at the north of the county and in the south this weekend and then of course this evening the uh, darts uh, Dylan Slevin of course uh, he qualified for the World Darts Championship uh, next month but he's just missed out on qualifying for the Players Championship Finals that was until world number 7 Danny Knopper dropped out with his uh, wife or girlfriend expecting a, a child this week and that meant uh, Dylan Slevin uh, just got in he was the next spot on the order of merit in the uh, rankings so he's in and he's going to be playing in uh, not too long now around 7 
10 past 7-ish time. It's going to be on ITV4 if you want to uh, tune in uh, to see uh, the Bur- Burst Cane's Dylan Slevin there making his TV debut. So yeah, it's a, it's an exciting weekend of sport in Tipperary and uh, plenty to look forward to as always. But uh, now at this time of a Friday evening, it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake. Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. There's another bumper weekend of greyhound racing with so much happening all over the country. But before we look ahead to this weekend's action, we have to look back at a fantastic night of racing action at the Clonmel Greyhound Stadium last Sunday night. Uh, the feature on the card, of course, was the €7,000 to the winner Riverside Stud Munster Juvenile Cup final, kindly sponsored by the Holland family. And they enjoyed a fantastic night with a one 2-3 in the feature final. It was Fay Point Harvey who got the better of a little brother Fay Point Sean in a thrilling encounter. Harvey of course clocking 28.65 and winning the 7,000 euro prize. A great performance from the 2-1 to one chance as I said clocking 28.65 and now uh, Fay Point Harvey is now 4 wins from 5 career outings and looks a very exciting tracker going forward owned by Patricia Flanagan and trained by champion trainer Graham Holland. That was the feature race last weekend. Looking ahead to this weekend's racing action, let's start with um, Clanmel tonight, of course. Uh, 7.30 start uh, down there at the local Clanmel Greyhound Stadium. We have the Clanmel track members, A6, A7 stakes, semi-finals down for decision as well. Um, they look like um, opened encounters. Uh, elsewhere on the card, you have the Clanmel track members, A2, A3 stake as well. That's opening round there tonight, of course, at 1200 euros to the winner um, of that competition looks like a good event over the course of the next couple of weeks the closing race on tonight's uh, racing programme I thought Emers Dixie would go well from the inside of the track looks well graded here um, at A2 company uh, draw the perfection on the inside of the track looks capable of uh, winning the all important early lead and uh, should make all the running there for Emer Dunn in Turles, of course, a kennel that often does well around the Clonmel circuit. That's Clonmel tonight. Switching on to our um, attention at uh, Turles on Saturday night, of course, um, 7.35 start there. Some good racing to look forward to over the uh, course of the night. And uh, we're going to look ahead to the closing race in the card, which is race number 12. And this is an A1, A2, uh, 570 yard race. And a couple of um, really smart uh, trackers uh, involved here. And uh, I'm interested in trap number six, who looks like a greyhound with a bright future, owned by Liam Power in uh, Mullinahone. It's won uh, four of its 10 career starts. And that was a nice performance last time when winning in 31.56. I think that's a leading player and could confirm fall, fall form there uh, with a couple of its rivals. And of course, the, fo- the form took a serious boost last week uh, the runner up on that occasion uh, behind Tribal Sid, Sid has since won in terrific uh, fashion so that looks really good for him there so that's Turles, um on Saturday night back to Clonmel on uh, Sunday night 7.30 start you have the uh, Freddie and Timmy Campion Memorial Guys and Dolls um, event as well that's uh, the opening round there 2100 euros to the winner of that that is sure to be a really good event uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks and uh, uh, one that caught my eye there um, in that event of course um, is running in race number 6 and uh, that is a greyhound of course called Knockrow Ash 
uh, who looks set uh, for a big performance here. Uh, just a February puppy, three wins from three career outings. This could have been the plan for quite some time. It's owned by Master Sean Knight in County Tipperary, and I'm expecting a big run from that. Certainly one to watch uh, going forward. So that, of course, is Clanmel there on Sunday night. Back to the big action, of course. All eyes in Limerick on Saturday night. It's the final of the willwego.com. Irish St. Ledger for 2023 30,000 euros uh, to the winner plenty of Tipperary interest here Ballinabula Una in trap number one for Capo White trainer Pat Buckley Sports Rex runs from trap number three uh, for Graham Holland who's doubly represented of course the Golden Base champion trainer also has Clonbrine Treaty running from trap number six I think it's one of the uh, most openest finals I've seen for quite some time Clan Brian Treaty, big player. Sword Rex, big player. Sober Glory for Carl Ramsbottom, big player, you know. Then, as I said, you've battled Abula Una for Pat Buckley. Beepers Lariat uh, for young Kerry Trainer having his first classic final, Jack Kennelly. And also Mr. Chelm running from trap number five for Moonkind Trainer, Peter Cronin. I wouldn't be surprised if either of the six finalists won it. I'm going to take a chance uh, with trap number two, Swords Rex, who might just be able to produce his best start when mattered most. And I think it could be a first classic success for Carl Ramsbottom. It'll be interesting to see how it will fare out. Massive crowd expected in, in Limerick there on Saturday night for a top-class card, of course, as we come into the busy Christmas season in all the various tracks all over the country um, you know you'll have all the various Christmas parties and you know if you're out and about at the uh, weekend uh, make your way to one of our great stadiums all over the country so as I said a lot to look forward to uh, this weekend but all eyes on the final of the willwego.com Irish St. Ledger with plenty of temporary tr- interest uh, Saturday night race number 6 due off at 10 minutes to 9 at Limerick Greyhound Stadium and many thanks to Barry Drake there for his concise and comprehensive, as always, uh, look ahead to the weekend's Greyhound racing action, both locally and on a national level as well. So just before we go, the soccer fixtures that I mentioned this weekend in the Premier Division in the NTNDL, Balamaki versus Coda Rangers, Kilavilla versus Boroughway Rovers and BT Harps versus Arrow Rovers. All those games are on Sunday at 11am. We also have some FAI Junior Cup fourth round action on Sunday. Uh, St. Michael's are away to Tremor. Uh, Peak Villa are away to Strand Celtic. And Tumal Burris are at home to Avenue United. All those games, 2 o'clock on Sunday. The Munster Junior Cup, then two Tipperary teams squaring off each other. Clanmel Celtic are at home against Newport Town at 2 o'clock on Sunday. And then in the TSDL Premier League, Tiptown versus Banshee Celtic and Care Park at home to Wilderness Rovers. Both those games at 11am on Sunday. So that's pretty much all we got time for for this week's edition of the show. Thanks to all my guests and you, the listeners, for tuning in. And a reminder that 1.30pm throw-in time in Semple Stadium on Sunday will have live commentary of Clanmel commercials versus a Dingle of Kerry and a live commentary here on Tip FM with thanks to John Kennedy Motors in Clonmel. A reminder, if you want to listen back to the show, uh, it is on the Tip FM SoundCloud and social media uh, social media channels uh, just around quarter past seven so keep an eye out if you want to listen back to the show but until Sunday I won't be back on air until then so have a good weekend and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday bye for now